Things just got so much worse for Donald Trump in the Georgia trial, as video has emerged showing Jenna Ellis talking with prosecutors from October 23rd, telling them of an incident that she had with Dan Scavino, who was a top Trump aide, where Scavino told her that no matter what, Donald Trump was never going to leave the White House. Now, here is that clip. This was uh, originally put out by ABC News. So take a look. Jenna Ellis basically destroying Donald Trump's entire legal defense. Here it is. Okay. And uh, at the time uh, period where they were going to start to discuss what was uh, Dan Scavino's role? At the time, I believe his title was social media director for the White House. It became deputy chief of staff. Um, at the time that the conversation in question took place. Okay, and when was that? The conversation was around December 19th of 2020 uh, at the White House Christmas party. And I uh, emphasized to him, I thought that the, um, the, the claims and the ability to challenge uh, the election results was essentially over because he said um, to me in a kind of excited tone, well, we don't care and we're not gonna leave. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, the boss, meaning President Trump, and everyone understood the boss, um, that's what we all called him. Um, he said, the boss uh, is not going to leave under any circumstances. We are just going to stay in power. And I said to him, well, it doesn't quite work that way, you realize. And he said, we don't care. Now, when I say that this basically destroys Donald Trump's entire legal defense, here's what I mean. Donald Trump argues in both the Georgia case, by the way, and the federal case to try to overturn the election results, he has argued and his lawyers have argued that he had the right to do these things because basically, as they put it, they're just asking questions, right? You know, oh, we weren't trying to overturn the election results. We were just making sure that everything was on the level. You know, we, we had heard there may be some fraud, even though literally everybody told us there was no fraud, but we just wanted to double check, right? That's been their defense. Like we did what was legally with our, within our ability to do. Jenna Ellis's testimony right there tells us, nah, no, you didn't. You we're grasping at straws. You were doing whatever it took because the boss made it clear he wasn't going to leave the White House no matter what. That's the key there. Like that part of Ellis's testimony where Scavino again, allegedly told her, it doesn't matter that you're telling us that these fraud lawsuits will go nowhere he's still not gonna leave. We've already made that decision that he is not leaving. And I gotta tell you, uh, even though this was with regards to the trial in Georgia, I, I think this also really hurts him with the trial in front of Judge Tanya Chutkin, because that little bit of testimony is not just about Georgia. That's about the whole dang thing. And that would be the conspiracy against the government of the United States part. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Jenna Ellis be called by Jack Smith at this point to effectively tell that same story to him and possibly even come and tell it on the stand. At that point, it is likely that Jack Smith, possibly even Fonnie Willis, if she hasn't already, uh, they could easily issue subpoenas, both of them, Smith and Willis, to Dan Scavino himself to determine whether or not what Jenna Ellis said was true. 
Now, Ellis, of course, as part of her plea deal in Georgia, has agreed to cooperate to the fullest extent, telling things that are honest, truthful to the best of her memory, the best of her, you know, abilities here. So she has no reason to lie. In fact, she has everything to lose if she lies. So that's why we should not dismiss this as, oh, she's, you know, just talking a big game. No, if she lies, she loses the plea deal. She goes to jail. So she knows she has to be honest. Scavino, on the other hand, has obviously not been indicted. As far as I know, he has not been questioned by anyone. So he can go in and he could say, no, no, that's not exactly how it happened. It happened this way. He could risk himself, you know, perjuring himself, but it is what it is right now. It's just one person recanting their version of a story. So it may not be the slam dunk we want it to be yet. I think it is, but you know, in the legal process, there's lots of other things that have to happen. So it's time for Jack Smith to have a conversation with Jenna Ellis, and it's time for both Willis and Smith to call in Dan Scavino and see if they can corroborate Jenna Ellis's story, because if they can, it's done. Well, everyone, I've got some bad news to share with you all. It turns out that uh, possibly in about 15 months, depending on how things go next November, I, along with many others in this industry, many others across the country, uh, could be locked in a mental institution. That is, of course, according to Donald Trump, if he has his way and if he wins next year's presidential election. In a post on Truth Social this week, Donald Trump announced that he was going to be locking up people like Jack Smith, people like the folks at the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington group, and pretty much any radical left thug out there. We're all going to be locked in mental institutions if he wins election next year. Here's what he said. Deranged Jack Smith... Andrew Weissman, Lisa Monaco, the team of losers and misfits from Crew, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, and all the rest of the radical left zealots and thugs who have been working illegally for years to take me down will end up, because of their suffering from a horrible disease, Trump Derangement Syndrome, TDS, in a mental institution by the time my next term as president is successfully completed." So it may not be 15 months, right? He says by the time his next term is completed. So I, maybe I got a couple years left. You know, those are, those will be good years. I get to see my kids grow up a little bit more before I'm locked away by Donald Trump. And, you know, hopefully you'll keep watching. Hopefully I get locked up before you do. Of course, we don't really know the timeline on that. So, hey, maybe we could be cellmates. That seems like fun, right? Um, this is horrific. This is terrifying because I don't think this dude's joking. Donald Trump is not exactly a jokester. He's not one to go out there and, you know, crack wise about the news of the day. When he says things, we have to take them very seriously. And this is, of course, not even the first time this week that Donald Trump has suggested locking up his critics, the people prosecuting him, the judges. He wants to lock everybody up. Like he is screaming it from the rooftops that if you are not in love with him, you're going to be locked up in some kind of facility, maybe in those, you know, camps that he's going to start. Maybe it's a mental institution. Maybe it's a prison. He suggested all three within the last five days. So I don't know where we'll end up, but it's probably not going to be very fun. 
But we have to take this seriously, right? This isn't something that we should even be joking about. And honestly, I'm not exactly joking. I think he's being honest, and I do think that each and every one of us has a giant target on our backs. Not just me, but you. Everybody that is not a member of the Trump cult, we are at risk if this man makes it back to the White House. Now, as for the Trump derangement syndrome, um, it's obviously not a real thing, but it's a lazy and tired talking point that actually dates back roughly 20 years. You see, In the Bush administration, George W. Bush, um, that is when progressive media actually emerged here in the United States. I was a part of that when it, you know, first launched. Um, And so everybody on the right was saying that those of us that were working at Air America at the time, you know, in the progressive media, they always accused us of having BDS, which is Bush derangement syndrome. And so it's always just evolved. Whoever the leading Republican is of the day, the liberals have blank derangement syndrome. So it's not something new with Trump. They've been leveling this charge at us for, again, 20 years now. And it's just as stupid today as it was back then. But Donald Trump would be the first one to be in a position to perhaps, I don't know, have whoever he appoints as his attorney, uh, not attorney general, a surgeon general say, you know what, I'm actually going to try to classify this as a as a legitimate derangement syndrome. I'm going to try to classify this in a way that we could lock people up for it. And again, I I don't think this is hyperbole. I, I think these are things that Donald Trump would legitimately try to do when he tells us that he wants to lock up anyone that ever goes against him. We have to believe that he is telling the truth for once in his life. So last week, I told you about how Alina Haba, Donald Trump's apparently lead lawyer in the New York fraud trial for some reason, uh, she objected to her own piece of evidence, right? She introduces evidence and then she's like, wait a minute, no, I object. Um, You would think that things couldn't get any dumber, but let's not forget, right? This is Alina Haba we're dealing with and this week, oh my God, things somehow got even dumber because Donald Trump's legal team this week introduced evidence that actually shows that their client lied about his properties, which is the exact thing that he is actually on trial for. His team of lawyers introduced evidence showing that he was lying about the properties. Here's a couple of examples. They, they put up this slideshow, right? And the first slide (laughs) described the, Trump Tower in, in in New York City is having 70, 72 stories. They said, this is a 72 story property here. You know, based on Donald Trump's own things, it's 72 stories. Um, problem is it's not. It's actually 63 stories, according to the surveys, the land surveys, right? They got to figure out how many stories are in the building. And they said, there's only 63 but here Trump's lawyers say, here is where he said 72. <laughs> Oops. It didn't end there either, folks. Because then they said that his Las Vegas, Trump International Hotel in Las Vegas, is 64 stories. It's not true either. It's actually in the 50s because the floor numbers jump from 8 to 16. 
It doesn't matter if you have a couple floors that are used for conferences. So they have like the super tall ceilings that would basically make up two floors. If it's one floor to ceiling, it's one floor. So they put up two slides showing that their client did the very thing that the prosecutors are saying he did. Trump's legal team introduced this, showed it to the court, and he really may want to consider getting some new lawyers at this point. There has not been a single time throughout this entire trial where Donald Trump's lawyers have been in the headlines for doing something good or for even doing something not bad. <laughs> Every time there is a headline that mentions Trump's lawyers or Alina Haba or Christopher Keese, it's because they're either saying something stupid, introducing something stupid, objecting to their own evidence, or getting hit with a gag order. Every time these morons are in the headlines, which is multiple times per week, it's because they are screwing up this badly. And as I've said, I, I do think Alina Haba is one of the worst lawyers in the country. But at the same time, part of me has to wonder, like, is Trump really just attracting lawyers that are this bad or are they just so screwed because their client is so guilty that they got nothing, right? I mean, it's probably a little bit of both. I, I have to imagine these people are not as dumb as they come across. Like they went to law school, they passed the bar, they got to know what they're doing, but they also may be left with so little to work with that this is all they can do. I don't know, but I do know that throughout this entire trial, they have not done him any favors. And if anything, his own lawyers have made it more likely that he is going to lose everything at the end of this trial. ABC News reporter Jonathan Carl has a new book out this week called Tired of Winning. And in the book, he talks about a time when he actually had a moment to speak with Donald Trump following a rally in Texas where he asked Donald Trump, like, hey, you say a lot of incendiary things, you know, when you're talking to your base. Are you not worried that these people are going to take action on the things you say? And rather than be, you know, kind of inward looking and, you know, thinking for a moment, Donald Trump immediately, according to Jonathan Carl, actually said that he hopes, he hopes his supporters take his words to heart and go out there and do horrible things. Let me read you this. This is according to Jonathan Carl, ABC News reporter. This is what he put in the book. I remember a conversation I had with him when he, we had the mass shootings in El Paso and Pennsylvania and Dayton in short order. And there were real concerns there would be more. And he's using this language, this language out of the Third Reich, enemy of the people. I said, aren't you concerned the people will take your words to heart? Aren't you concerned they will act on them? And without missing a beat, he said, I hope they take my words to heart. I believe the press is the enemy of the people. So I don't know. Maybe it's an inability to have any kind of empathy or understanding of the consequences of your words. But that is consistent. That's not new. So Donald Trump says, I hope they do. I hope they do. Now this week alone, I have already done several segments, both over here and over at ring of fire, where I've talked about 
how a second term of Donald Trump, and even before that, with the rhetoric that he's using, it has basically put a target on the back of every single person in the liberal media. He's put a target on the back of every single prosecutor that has been tasked with looking into him on every single judge and even on the employees in the courtroom. And when I say that that's not hyperbole, that we're all in danger, this just confirms that because we are. It's an unfortunate position to be in. It's a horrifying position to be in, to be honest with you. And here we have, assuming what Jonathan Carl is telling us is correct, Donald Trump admitting that, yeah, that's why I do it. I say these horrible things because I hope, that's the word he used, I hope they take my words to heart. So when you see these stories or when you see Donald Trump posting on Truth Social, attacking Jack Smith, attacking his family, attacking New York Attorney General Letitia James, attacking Fonnie Willis, whoever it is, he does it, as I've always said, because he wants his supporters to go out there and do something about it. And his rhetoric continues to get worse. Worse. Just this week, he said that the left were vermin called us all the enemy of the people, filthy Marxist communist scum. Those are words that he has used again within the last week to describe everyone on the left, everyone. And the words he has used to describe the prosecutors and the judges that he is up against have been even worse. And we know why we always had the suspicion, right? that we did it, that he did it, because he wanted them to go and do something. And again, if what Jonathan Carl is saying is correct, then our fears, our worst fears, have now been confirmed. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced. 